I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. Welcome back, Essence listeners. Oh, it's such an amazing gift to be able to come on here and to share with you guys and I know that some years from now after I grow a little more and a little more I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be listening to these episodes too and then I'm going to remember what my ideologies and my understanding was at this time and in this season I just want to say this to you Isaiah 48 verse 17 is a verse that I have hold and held rather very close to my heart when I discovered it because it says, I am the Lord, your God who teaches you. And I have asked God from then the great teacher to teach me. God has been teaching me. The beautiful thing about today, the 14th of April is that six years ago on this date, I was baptized into the family of Christ by my still very uh, active spiritual father and friend, Apostle Dr. Stephen Andrews. And the journey of life continues in the presence of God. And what a beautiful journey it is as I reflect on all the challenges, all the joys, all the sorrows, all the different things. But one thing stays true. In everything that life presents itself to me, one thing stays true. I now have a best friend. I now have a counselor, I now have an advisor that I can consult with, that I could seek and that I could receive peace, love, genuine love, raw love in its purest, most beautiful form. And that is my power. And if you are a child of God, if you have a personal relationship with God, whatever denomination that you are a part of and you're listening to this, you too have that presence with you. And I want you to not ever take it for granted, but to embrace it and to truly open up your heart and let the creator of the universe, the God that we serve through Jesus Christ, let him continue to fill you and let him help you to experience the true beauty of this life on to the next, which is when we will be with him in glory. This episode is actually a part two that started off on a quest to debunk the issue of the Sabbath day. Now, in the first episode, if you have not heard, it is the one before this one, episode number 148, where I have the title Sabbath or Sabbaths. It is a very, again, open discussion on the Sabbath, which someone actually brought up to me and was questioning me about the Sabbath and why we worship on Sundays and why we should not worship on Sundays and why we're not dealing with the truth. And it 
was a beautiful thing because I realized in that moment that God was teaching me. And on my quest in that journey, I want to highlight specifically again, for those of you who may not have heard my first episode in reference to the Sabbath, Leviticus chapter 23 and 25, when God is giving his people, the Israelites, the Jews, a specific chosen people at that time, instructions through Moses to observe specific Sabbath days, one, the seventh day, another one, the first day, another one, the eighth day. He even went to the point in Leviticus 25, where he asked them, when he takes them into the promised land that they need to celebrate and recognize and observe the Sabbath year, which is the seventh year. So my quest continued and it brought, it brought a, a lot of questions. A lot, a lot of questions arose because a lot of people come up to you and they may say to you, oh, you're not worshiping on the Sabbath day or you're not recognizing the Sabbath day and something is entirely wrong and all of that stuff. Now, I'm just going to be frank with you. I'm a very... And I may not say extremely open person, but I'm open enough to hear somebody out with their respective beliefs. And one of the first things that I see out of this whole thing of the whole issue of the Sabbath is that God woke me up a morning and he gave me this. He said, selective scriptural practices is the root of division amongst God's people. And it is what is giving rise to denominational churches and practices. I woke up with this statement. Okay. Selective scriptural practices is the root of division amongst God's people, giving rise to denominational churches and practices. Now, why would I say this? Because when I go back to the issue of the Sabbath, and I, I see that, and again, I respect people who worship this, who worship on the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week on a Saturday, and they acknowledge it and they, they choose to do it and, and all of that good stuff. But there's so many things that, uh, that surrounds this. So my first question in the previous episode was, why are we only, if we're going to obey God, why are we only choosing the Sabbath day? And why are we not doing the other Sabbaths, plural, that God has asked us to do? That was one of the questions that I had. And, and then more questions continue to arise. What about the new covenant? This is something that is being mentioned in the Old Testament. And it is mentioned again in the New Testament where Jesus was criticized for healing on the Sabbath or feeding his disciples on the Sabbath. And he was confronted with it by the scribes and the Pharisees, which are considered to be religious people. They stick to the law of Moses and Jesus highlighted that in that specific scripture. And then there's all the scriptures that talk about Jesus on the Sabbath day and what happened on the Sabbath day. So it continues. But then there's an, a scripture in Colossians where Paul is now talking about Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 and 17 where he's telling us do not let any man judge us by the Sabbaths or the foods that we eat and he's making reference to these very same laws that are being highlighted specifically by the Adventist denomination. So these questions continue to arise. What about the new covenant? What is it that that covenant that God made with his people in the time of Moses, it, it was considered the law. And then it comes out when Jesus came and he tore the veil of that temple, which is where Moses used to go in and the priest rather, sorry, used to go in to offer up sacrifices unto God. In this present time, we as the Gentiles, which means we are not the chosen children of God, but we were adopted into the family 
of God through Christ Jesus, okay, we now have an opportunity to go before God as the foreigners, as the Gentiles, because of Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross. And Paul was able to say that he was sent specifically to speak to the Gentiles. So Paul is giving us quite a lot of information there. The new covenant is through Jesus Christ. This is what the new covenant is. It was through Jesus Christ when he tore the veil. It was symbolic when the earthquake hit, when Jesus died and he tore that veil. It was symbolic that he's saying to us now through Christ. Paul tells us that we are put right with Christ. And I know, I know that some of my listeners are going to charge me and say to me, please give me the scripture on this. I want to know exactly where I'm finding it. I want you to know that everything I say to you is is the is in the bible because i don't come to you without uh, scriptural reference and i'm getting it for you right here romans 3 21 okay romans chapter 3 verses 21 on through to 20 to 31 how are we put right with god is the question and the title for that scripture passage but now god's way of putting people right with himself and that that word now is telling us there was a change from past with himself has been revealed. It has nothing to do with law. It has nothing to do with the law that was given unto Moses. Even though the law of Moses, you see, continues, and the prophets gave their witness to it, God puts people right through their faith in Jesus Christ. God does this to all who believe in Christ because there is no difference at all. Everyone has sinned and is far away from God's saving presence. But by the free gift of God's grace, all are put right with him through Christ Jesus, who sets them free. God offered him so that by his blood, he should become the means by which people's sins are forgiven through their faith in him. God did this in order to demonstrate that he is righteous. In the past, he was patient and overlooked people's sins. But in the present time, he deals with their sins in order to demonstrate his righteousness. In this way, God shows that he himself is righteous and that he puts right everyone who believes in Jesus. What then can we boast about? nothing. We cannot boast about nothing. We cannot go and say, okay, well, I observe the Sabbath day, so I am going to heaven and you don't observe the Sabbath day. You're not going to heaven. This is what it's saying. We cannot boast about nothing. And what is the reason for this? Is it that we obey the law? Right. And, and this is important because you might be asking this. OK, so since the law, since you're telling me, Natisha, that it's not about the law anymore, should I not obey the law that was given? I love Paul for this because he asked that question. Is it that we obey the law? No, but that we believe for we conclude that a person is put right with God only through faith. What is faith? Faith is to believe. And that is why people who do good and they do not know God still won't see the face of God because they do not have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This part also gets deeper and I could leave that for another episode. Okay, it's not about the works that you do that validates your relationship with God entirely. It is the fact that you believe and have faith in Jesus Christ. And it continues, for we conclude that a person is put right with God only through faith and not by doing what the law commands. 
only through faith and not by doing what the law commands? Or is God the God of the Jews only, which is his chosen people that I just mentioned? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also, which is who we are? If you're not a Jew and you're listening to me, you are a Gentile. Of course he is. God is one. God is one. And he will put the Jews right with himself on the basis of their faith and will put the Gentiles right through their faith. Does this mean that by this faith we do away with the law? No. And that's the question I asked earlier. No, not at all. Instead, we uphold the law. The law, which is the Ten Commandments, is one of those where he was saying, you know, thou shalt not kill. Does that mean because we put right with God that we should just intentionally go in around killing people? We can use our discretion. Beautiful scripture there from Paul, and it's in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through to 31. How are we put right with God? How does this now reflect on the Sabbath is my question. How does it reflect on the Sabbath day and judging people who do not do it on, um, go to church on a Sabbath day? Because just because I'm not going to church on a Sabbath day, which is a Saturday, doesn't mean that I'm not acknowledging it. All right. And then we have the next question I have was, do we selectively use the Bible to suit our personal agendas and conviction? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That is exactly why God was reminding me of ministering to me and telling me that this is the very foundation of conflict in the church and, and separation and building of denominations because we selectively choose parts of the Bible to suit our own personal agendas and, and, and convictions. And we want to put it on everybody else and tell them, you must do the same thing too. And if you have been listening to my podcast episodes, I have always maintained a specific statement and said to you, have a personal relationship with God. This is going to get better because I'm going to show you how even all of this could be a plan of the enemy and God could still use it for his good because that's how God is. He knows how to do that. All right. Can I observe the Sabbath? and the laws and still be under the grace of God. That was another question. Anybody who's an Adventist and who's practicing in this, you could answer this question for me because I really wish I could have somebody who was believing in that specific doctrine to have on my podcast and maybe God will open the door with someone who's open-minded enough to have this kind of discussion with me. And again, I just asked this question and I, I read about it in Romans 3. It says, do we become right with God by faith or by works? That was the question I had. And the answer is right there in Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 30. God puts people right with him through faith in Jesus Christ. That is what it is. That is what it is. The next question is, are you a Jew? Are you a Gentile? I actually just mentioned all of that. Okay. And we are still God's people based on our faith, based on, on our belief in God through Jesus Christ. And, you know, of all the questions, of all the questions that could arise with the issue of the Sabbath, that is not the only issue that we don't agree on as children of God. All these denominations and, and people, I, I, for example, even with the Adventist church, I was reading and found out that the Adventist church, the first, first, very first people 
who developed that doctrine, they actually had a selected date on when Jesus was going to come back. And when he didn't come back, they actually were referred to as the great disappointment. And then Ellen G. White and her family and her husband, and then they took up the doctrine and she was looked at as a prophet, a prophetess. And, and, you know, it's just so many things. And then out of that, then there was a new group of Adventists who did not agree with Ellen G. White and didn't respect her for what the first group said she was. And then they branched out. And then eventually the Jehovah Witness branched out. So when I was looking at all of this, I was just saying like, this is interesting because it comes back to my initial statement. God was opening my eyes and telling me selective scriptural practices is the root of division amongst God's people. So it's like you are going to a church and then the pastor is preaching something and you within your own belief, within your own previous knowledge, within your own socialization, wherever you came from, whatever society you came from, whatever you have been exposed to, you step into this church, the pastor is preaching something, you do not agree with what the pastor is saying and instead of trying to reason it out, you go consult with the Bible for yourself and you'll be like, well, I don't see that the way you see that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own church and I'm going to start it on this foundation because this is what I want to do. The Anglican church was a church that broke away from the Roman Catholic church because the Pope would not grant the king an annulment. And this is what this is showing us that the people of God are consistently just dividing, separating, and all of these things. When I used to go to the Catholic church, the Protestant churches were referred to as false religion. I've heard priests say that this is a false religion, and this is what I'm saying to you. If we profess that we are children of God and we are serving one God in the same, why is there consistent division amongst the Christianity doctrine? Why? And this is where I'm going to tell you why this is happening. So the issue of the Sabbath, the issue of, of, of Mary, the Rastafarians with Selassie and not Jesus and the Jehovah Witness who are focusing on how many thousands of people are going to go to heaven. The Pentecostal movement, they have their soul um, foundation being built on the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit, making reference to uh, the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came down on the people. The, each doctrine, each denomination chooses and has this specific root that they form their entire religion on, the entire denomination on. And it continues to happen. People who do not agree. That is why we have so many churches all over the island. So many churches. Sometimes one village with 10 different churches. And then another country. And then the real issue. The real issue or real issues are sometimes not being addressed. How can we profess to be children of God and not see that this separation and this confusion and this uh, this constant argument and who is right and who is wrong and who is the right Christian and who is the wrong Christian, how can we not see that this is the plot from hell to divide the children of God? This is what I'm learning from this entire thing. Okay? This is what I'm learning from this entire thing. This is a plan to divide us and we are so caught up in it. That is why I am open to listen to other people's doctrines. 
I listen to what you have to say. I don't be like, oh, well, you are not my, you don't go to my church. I don't want to hear you and whatever. I take my time and I make sure I pray and I ask God to give me the discernment first. And then I listen, I hear you out. And if you come to a place where I realize, okay, I've had enough, then I've had enough. And I know my limits based on the knowledge that I have. And I take my time. But I'm not going to go and say to you, oh, you're doing this wrong. You are going to hell. And we need to understand we're serving the same God. And we must seek his face and ask him, oh, true, living, good, great God that you are. What is it that you require of me if I say I am your child, if I say I am your servant? And even right now, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm noticing right now in our society that the rise of ancestral worship is taking over in particular our young people. And there's something that is a little uh, stinging about it because what it is teaching our young people is that, hey, you can be little gods yourself and you don't have to follow the principles that God gave. All you got to do is just meditate, believe in the universe. You're free to do that. You can do whatever you want. And there is no order and structure to that we have laws in our countries for a reason we have governance in our countries for a reason and there is a kingdom above all kingdoms and that kingdom above all kingdoms has standards and that is where we have principles of God to live by. So if I enter into a relationship with God, I must know what is required of me to maintain and sustain this relationship. And this is what this is. When God begins to tell me, this is Natisha, this is how I would like you to live your life. This is the food I would like you to eat. This is the ability that I'm giving you to go out and work. He told us to occupy, and I have this in a previous episode, occupy until I return, where he gave me the authority to occupy, take over, do business until he returns. Where he teaches me how to eat and take better care of my body, eat from the land, do certain things, be good to my brother and sister, the different types of love, be faithful, and all of these good things. Why is it that we are allowing the devil to bring confusion amongst us as children of God? And there's another scripture that I want us I love, and again, I relate to Paul. I relate to Paul very well. Every time I read his letters, I relate to him very well. He said, do not say that I am of Paul or I am of Apollos and I am of Pentecostal and I am of Adventist and I am of this and I am of that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I could relate why he would make a statement like this. I could relate. And if we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we look at verses 10 downwards, it, the title for this scripture is called A Church Divided Over Leaders. And this is what Paul was addressing. It's being, this issue is being addressed by Paul. So it's not a two-day thing. This thing has been persisting amongst the children of God for a while because that's the only reason why Paul could have it written right there. Why is he addressing it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1? He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. 
My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Oh my God. This one hit my stomach. I love this question. Is Christ divided? I could feel my paws raising from this question because it is so true. It's so powerful. Is Christ divided? When he came, did he divide? Even when the scribes and the Pharisees rose up against him, he was still trying to convict them and say to them, you are not, you are blind. You're religious, but I'm still trying to show you. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Is Christ divided? So why are we going around saying that I am this? I hear, I've heard some people. There was this lady that we, we tried to evangelize. We went house to house in our area and we tried to speak to this lady. And she said, oh, uh, she said she was an ad born Adventist and she was going to die an Adventist. And I'm just like, miss, is it the Adventist that you are worshiping or you're you worshiping God? Because this is what is supposed to be the common grounds amongst all of us. Paul asked us to do that. He said, let us be united in mind and thought. And if we are true children of God, we are not going to allow ourselves to get angry. And that's why some people will be like, I'm not going to argue religion with you. But this is what the issue is. We shouldn't make it an argument. We should make it a discussion. You worship on Saturday because you believe that it's the seventh day. And the Bible does say that. And you choose to do it. But why is it that you are going to get angry at me if I was not taught yet and I need to learn how to do it? Why is it that you want to do that? Oh, some people are cursing others. Let me not just say some people, but church people are cursing each other over sections of the Bible and they're not taking it into context. This is what Paul is saying to us. Selective, this is my sentence, selective scriptural practices is the root of division amongst God's people, giving rise to denominational churches and practices. Hmm. This is a powerful, powerful one. This is a powerful one. God is coming back for his bride, the church, his people. And I can almost, I don't want to make, put words in God's mouth, but I can almost be sure that he's not going to ask, uh, were you Pentecostal? Were you Adventist? Were you Catholic? Were you a Rastafarian? Were you, he's going to ask, were you of Christ? Did you believe? Because that's what Paul says. We are put right with God by our faith, by our belief. So this constant fighting amongst children of God over which doctrine is wrong and which doctrine is right and what is the truth and what is not the truth, especially over things that are coming straight from the Bible and the word of God, the enemy is laughing at us because we are not one 
And Paul talks about this later down in other scriptures where he tells us that we are many parts of one body, one body. There must be, there must be this one commonality amongst us all who profess to be children of the most high God in Christ Jesus. There must be, even in our own respective differences, we must have one thing that must remain, which is the God that we serve. And in an extent or to an extent, I could safely say that it's not too bad or so bad that there is division and different denominations because different denominations have planted themselves across different parts of the world. And because they have somewhere across the world, someone gets to hear about the good news of God. And that is what the enemy meant for evil. By trying to divide us as children of God, God is still using for his good and for his glory. Because I cannot reach everybody. Yes, I have people from Africa listening to this, people from Australia, people from France, but this is just a podcast. There are children of God strategically planted all across the world, even in their different denominations. But we must have this oneness when it comes to God. And if we should disagree on a certain aspect of scripture, it is wise for us to consult with God first instead of judging each other and condemning each other. But I want us to understand that even in the midst of all of that chaos, God could still use it for his good. And with that, I want to close with a final scripture. And this is coming from Mark chapter 16. It's also highlighted in other scriptures, but I'll just take it from there. And it talks about the resurrection of Jesus and what happened after he was resurrected. And I'm going to read from verse 14 where it says, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. Don't let God rebuke you for your lack of faith. Don't let him rebuke you for your lack of belief in him after everything that he has done for you because that is what is important is to see the raw power of God being made manifest in your life and to continue to grow in your relationship with him so that he can continue to get the glory. And he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And in verse 15, it gets better. This is what I want to leave you with after this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What have we been doing? Going into all the world to preach the what? The gospel, the good news, the unadulterated word of God, which has been put right in God that Jesus came and he died for you and me and he's coming back again. This is the word. This is the gospel truth of God. That he charged us to go forth and to preach it. This is what he asked of us. And it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And those signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, not in their, in their own name, as Paul said, but in his name, the name above all names, they will drive out demons. 
They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied them. So if you are a child of God, are these signs accompanying you? The signs that were spoken of here, are they accompanying you? Is God glory being made manifest in your life? That was the great charge that Jesus gave to his disciples before he left and to return unto the Father before he will come back. That was the great charge that he gave to his people. My brothers and sisters, my essence listeners, I am still learning about God. I have asked him to teach me. I am still learning. And me creating this episode is actually a byproduct of his teachings to me. I can share it with you. I am presenting you with the information. Take it in. Ask God for the wisdom and the spirit of discernment and use it so that you can develop in your relationship with God. I'm not here to indoctrinate you into my church or into whatever you, you might think my doctrine is or my denomination is. But instead, I'm here to try my best to hear from God and to speak to you what I would have heard. What is the purpose of being in a relationship with God? Why do we seek God? What is the purpose of growing in God? What is the whole point of this God idea? Why do we profess God? Is it so that we could fight against each other? Or so that we can establish a personal relationship with the supreme being that created us in the first place? So that we can know his truth and have an understanding of it. And lastly, I also want to say this again. Paul, back to Paul, says to us to be tolerable of each other. Don't let religion, and I don't want to even say religion, don't let your differences and your disagreement in your understanding of the word of God divide you from other believers in Christ. Selective scriptural practices. We need to stop taking sections of the Bible to suit our own personal agendas. Selective scriptural practices is the root of division amongst God's people. We need to stop giving the enemy the upper edge with us on that. Giving rise to denominational churches and practices. God bless you, Essence listeners. May he continue to cause his face to shine upon you. And in a time where the world is presenting us with so much information, so much information, let me say this to you. Seek the wisdom of God. Ask him for discernment. And while you establish and grow in your relationship, he will teach you if you keep your mind open to receive. And again, be willing 
to hear your brother and sister out and always look for an opportunity to work things out instead of being angry and walking away because this is where the division will come and this is what the enemy wants. We all have one common enemy and we cannot allow him to win. I hope this episode blesses you. Please let me know by clicking the reply button under this episode on Spotify. Leave me a comment. Tell me what you think. C'est bon? Sounds good. God bless you. Bye-bye. Have you gotten a copy of my latest book? The Essence of Life, God, Them and Me is now available in bookstores in Antigua, at our church office also in Antigua or on Amazon.com. Get a copy today and learn about how to live the abundantly balanced life along with the five key areas of your life that I cover here on the podcast. My very first book is also available for purchase on Amazon and in Antigua called Walking a Two-Way Street. Stay connected with me as God continues to take me from strength to strength and allow me to have the messages that he would like to share to you through me in this time and in this season. Say bon, sounds good.